Bienvenido, soy tu anfitrión Davis. That's at least what Google is telling me means welcome. I'm your host Noah Davis and this is the Noah Davis Watchcast where I talk to you about everything I watch throughout the week. Let's get straight to it because there's nothing really else to get to. First off, I watched a Blue Beetle, DC's latest and greatest latest movie focusing on Jaime Reyes, uh, the Blue Beetle success, the third Blue Beetle. I think he's the third or fourth Blue Beetle six. I guess he's the second or third successor, but he's the third or fourth Blue Beetle. I'm more of a Ted Cord Blue Beetle kind of guy, but that's only with Booster Gold. I really haven't read any just Ted Cord Blue Beetle comics, so... You know, I'm not really a Blue Beetle expert. I'm not a Jaime Reyes expert. I'm I'm not a Blue Beetle expert at all. I just like Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, and I'd love to see that on the screen one day. But whatever. Let's talk about the movie. Uh, uh, not great. It's not great. <laughs> it is up there on the list of bland origin stories for random fictional characters. It does do something by, you know, addressing that he's Mexican, uh putting, I don't know, a realistic representation of it. it. It does differentiate itself, but it doesn't differentiate itself enough to be considered better than any other origin story I've seen. Uh, you can put this with Shang-Chi, Black Panther, Amazing Spider-Man 1. Let's see, there's got to be more. Well, you know what? Maybe not Amazing Spider-Man 1. Does Uncle Ben die in that one? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Green Lantern. There we go. Green Lantern. Um, I mean, there, there's more. I just, there's so many superhero movies that I've seen in my lifetime that to try and think of very specific origin stories for them is kind of tough. Uh, Venom 1. There we go. Venom 1. That's another garbage. Well, they're not garbage, but not great origin story that just doesn't do anything to change it up. So, it's kind of along the same lines. Uh, George Lopez, the comedic relief, is the best part of the movie. And it's kind of like uh, Trevor Flannery, I think. Trevor Trevor from Shang-Chi. I thought he was the best part of the movie because, you know, I'd, I'd rather laugh than be bored. You know? <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, the movie is action packed, but it's not exciting. If that makes sense. Uh, it, it doesn't do anything out of the ordinary. You can guess every single plot beat before it happens. I'd say the one twist or spin they did was his grandma's a badass, And that was supposed to be like super funny or super, maybe not edgy, but it was 
obviously there to get a rise out of the audience and it did none of that for me whatsoever. Maybe the test audiences really liked it, but I just thought, okay, grandma's badass. By the end of the movie, after seeing George Lopez's character and grandma being a badass, I just wanted a movie with George Lopez's character and badass grandma. And they have like a road trip going across America and forget DC, forget Blue Beetle, just have these two characters doing whatever they need to do within a plot of a movie. Make it like that uh, Nebraska movie, you know, the pain movie. You could do that, but George Lopez and the Badass Grandma. Because everything else is just so cookie cutter. Uh, the action sequences don't really do much. The love interest is very cookie cutter. All the jokes are not really that funny. Uh, the supporting cast isn't really great. And I can't help but draw comparisons to Shang-Chi because they do some of the exact things. He literally... It starts off pretty much with Shang-Chi and Aquafina, you know, working at a place and then, you know, all this stuff happens and he just wants a better life and yada yada and Blue Beetle is the exact same thing. They even split a bus, a bus in half. I'm pretty sure Shang-Chi split a bus in half too. It's just, it's a really weird coincidence that these two origin movies have just very similar vibes you know they might not be exactly the same movie but the vibes are very 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 similar you know you even got the villain who has reasons uh the villain who's basically just the good guy but more different or different powers uh you have the the funny comedic relief like i was saying with trevor it, it's just it's 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 odd you know you watch these movies and you're thinking i've never seen a movie like this but i've seen a thousand movies like this you know it's not like oh there is a specific movie that this is a shot for shot remake of it's like no this is taken from this and that is taken from this and this is just a superhero origin movie that i've seen a thousand times maybe not a thousand but you know at least 10 uh <laughs> so I don't know. It's not my favorite movie. The score was okay when they weren't using pop songs and using, what was it? Was it Guns N' Roses? No, it was Motley Crue at the end. I mean, I mean, what? I mean, of all the old music you could have picked, of all the classic rock you could have picked, Motley Crue? I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, okay. That's, that's a nitpick. That doesn't even count. Uh, but then you have kind of the nonsensical character of Jaime. He just, he doesn't do anything that makes sense. So the beginning of the movie, he's like down on his luck. He, he doesn't have money. He's trying to make his life better. He thinks his life is boring. He just wants money. He wants a good life. And then he gets goddamn superpowers and he's thinking, oh, this sucks. I hate this. I don't want any of this. I'm going to freak out. And you're thinking, kid, this is what you just asked for. This is literally what you asked for. And he even references Superman. So the idea that a superhero with incredibly, you know, a sudden powers or in a sudden appearance of their powers is not really a foreign idea to him. So you couple that with the fact that superheroes exist in his universe, and then you pair that, well, I guess not couple and pair because I said three things, but you fuse that, you group that with the fact that he wants a new life and he gets super fucking powers and he's thinking, wah, 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 I don't want this. Like, dog, <laughs> rob a bank, you know? 
<laughs> it would take one bank robbery with your suit to set your family up for life. Just one bank robbery. You could spend your entire life after that making it up to the human race for robbing one bank. You could you could do everything in your power to make up for that one wrong. You know, like if you just, if you get a super suit and you want to be rich, I don't see how that's conflicting how that would conflict with anything in anyone's brain. Like, uh, oh, uh, the thing I wanted for, I, I want a million dollars. And then someone gives you a million dollars in gold, and you think, well, this fucking sucks. I don't want gold. What's this for? What's the point of this? A million dollars in gold? Who cares? It's just, it doesn't make any sense, and it's kind of just annoying. Because his character isn't that cool, or different, or unique. It's not like he's... A huge nerd or, or, you know, it's not like he's big into hip hop or something. You know? <laughs> There's nothing different about him. He just comes off as Peter Parker, but not, you know, it's, it's just kind of the same old, same old. There's nothing really to say about the movie because it's just so samey. And of course I want to say this, respect the artist. You don't have to love the art, just like I don't. I didn't like Blue Beetle at all, but you know, more power to all those actors, producers, writers, costume designers, lighters, gaffers, all those people, audio designers, editors, all those people, more power to them. But this movie, mids. Next up, the most recent season of The Simpsons that was added to Disney Plus. I think it aired early this year or late last year. I can now officially say once again. I have seen every episode of The Simpsons other than the musical episodes because I refuse to give that musical animated comedy, um, <laughs> I refuse to give that stance any sort of standing. I just, I refuse. It's what ruined Bob's Burgers for me. It's not really funny. I don't think songs are that funny. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny in South Park because they do what? One song an episode? or maybe one song a season. And then of course they had the movie, but I don't think the movie is incredibly funny either. So it even works for musical shows. I like, you know, uh, that, uh, Schmigadoon show. I thought everything but the singing was funny. The only musical TV show that I thought was sincerely funny was Gallivant. And that's it. It's so singular I don't even have to think about it. It's the only musical show I've enjoyed in my life. <laughs> I, I don't see it. I don't see the point of musical TV. I think it's a time to pad out runtime. Uh, it, it's just, it doesn't feel, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's worth watching for me. If I want music, I can go find music. If I want music that gives me a plot, I can just go find different music. If I want music that has different themes, I can just go find different music. I don't need a show to give me music for a non-musical show. I mean, Bob's Burgers literally turned into a musical show, but at first it wasn't, and then it just got kind of annoying because it it transitioned fully into the musical. And Simpsons, I guess on this modern kind of, I don't know, bandwagon, I guess that's, I don't know. I don't know if that's the correct term, but... On this modern musical animated bandwagon, they have done musical episodes the last three seasons, maybe even more so, and I don't care for it. I will, the first second I hear a song, I skip, because I don't care. But back to the real season. Uh, it's decent. 
I, of course, am always a defender of later seasons because, hey, guess what? Shows have different writers, different production teams, different people working on it every season. So when people are like, oh, bro, seasons one through ten are the only good Simpsons, it's like, have you watched season one? There are a lot of episodes that aren't amazing, and the only charm they have is that nostalgic, hand-drawn feel. Now, I will say there are a ton of bangers in those you know, first 15 seasons. There's a ton of great episodes, but that's the thing. Some episodes just suck. Some of the episodes have always sucked, but people just convince themselves, like, I'm going to say it. I don't like the Plow King episode. Hot take, hot take. Uh, as someone who's watched every episode, I don't watch, I don't like the Plow King episode. It's fine. And it gives me a sense of nostalgia and being younger, but it doesn't do anything for me for a TV show. Uh, whereas this new season had an amazing, an amazing episode. I think it's uh, Carl Rides Again, 10 out of 10, one of the funniest episodes for sure. Uh, it deals with the whole Carl being voiced by, what was his name, Hank? Uh, Hank Azaria? Hank, uh, I, you know, if you asked me 10 minutes ago, what is it, Hank Azaria? something, whatever, who voiced him, and then he got replaced with, I think, Alan, Alan, Alex, Al, Desert, 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 uh, something like that. You know, there are a lot of voice actors, okay? There's a lot of voices and a lot of names, and I know too many, so there's there's only so much room. They just start to overflow, and, so you know, it's like a boiling pot, pot of water. The, the water goes over. It boils over, so you're losing some water, you know what I'm saying? But... It deals with the recasting of Carl, and it's absolutely fantastic. I'll watch that episode more more than once, no matter what. I mean, there are some episodes that I think are good, but, you know, I don't tend to re-watch them. This one, for sure. And uh, had some solid Treehouse of Horror stuff. It's hard to talk about The Simpsons because, again... It's an animated comedy show. You either watch it or you don't. It's not even like, oh, you have to love it or you have to hate it. It's like, no, you can just put it on and not really think about anything and move on with the next piece of TV. I personally just have a goal of watching every episode. Uh, I, I did, or I started that in 2019. It took me like two years to watch every episode and now I'm caught up again. So that's the only reason I watch it is just to say, hey, I watched every episode. Except the musical episodes. Next up, Pluto, the reimagined Astro Boy as a murder manga turned anime on Netflix. Um, I am taking it slow because it's absolutely fantastic. It's so good that I don't want to binge it. It's not like House of Usher, which is good, but there's a flow to it that just, you're like, okay, let's just binge it. Let's just burn through it. You know, I can get to the next thing. Uh, yeah, it's quality, but it might not be perfection. Whereas Pluto, ugh, bro, <laughs> I'm not finished. I'm halfway through, and it might be in the contender for best anime ever. It might just be. Uh, unless they fumble really, really hard and the runway just gets destroyed by an incredibly awful crash landing, it it might be the best anime I've seen in Years and years and years and years. It is short enough so that, you know, I'm open to just suggesting it to everyone. It's not like a 400 episode show where nobody's going to watch it. It's not like Monster where people swear by it, but then you're like, oh, 80 episodes of this? I, I believe you, but I just don't know if I can do it. This 
totally not like that. There are eight episodes, and I assume the plot finishes, and one and done, get out. If the plot doesn't finish, that's going to be a really big bummer. But it's amazing. Animation's amazing. I absolutely love the art direction. I love the character designs. It feels as though it's a cinematic anime movie. And you're, you almost convince yourself, subconsciously convince yourself when you're watching, thinking, oh, this is an anime movie. And then, oh, wait, no, this is episode three out of eight. And that always blows my mind because it happens multiple times in an episode. It, it feels as though they had so much budget and animation talent and art talent that they only have an hour and a half of this. Yet there's eight hours of this and it's the world's all the better for it. I can't suggest Pluto enough. I'll try to finish it this week. I think I can. I think I'm just trying to do like an episode a day so that I can really ingest it all and let it simmer, let it age and think on it. So I think I'll finish this week, hopefully. And if not, I'll probably be on the last episode by next episode. So other than that, one last thing. I watched David Fincher's The Killer, which is his new Netflix original. Michael Fassbender is a hitman starring Tilda Swinton. It's based on a novel. I'm not sure what the novel is called, but it is based on a novel. And it's a really sleek movie. Very sleek. Very modern. Fincher definitely is in his modern era where it doesn't seem as though he's taking as many chances as much as he's honed in and fine-tuning his own style and material and whatnot. Uh, even... It's even in his character movement or character movement, camera movement. You can see in a fight scene, his camera, the camera shakes every punch. And there's just a nice subtlety to that that gives the impact uh, an oomph, you know, uh, a zing, a pow, without an overly exaggerated sound effect or without a really bad cut to, Oh, you, the fist didn't hit his face. So you can't see it at all. You know, uh, a bad cut to the side or something. It, it just, it adds a feeling to it. And I think that's what this movie does. It invokes feelings really easily, whether it's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's, I want to say Atticus Finch because David Fincher, Atticus, you know, okay. So Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's amazing scoring that just, it gets your blood pumping, even though nothing's happening on the screen. I mean, I have sweat problems or some sort of sweat gland problem. And I'm telling you, this movie had me drenched. <laughs> I was, I was soaking by the end of it because I was always tense, always thinking, oh no, what's going to happen? Even though I knew the scene wasn't crazy, I knew the scene wasn't going to turn out that crazy. It's just that music puts you on the edge. And you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen, but like, let me sit still, please. And uh, that could be ADHD or something. I don't, I don't know. I'm not diagnosing. I'm not going to self-diagnose. So, awesome movie. Very sleek. Easy to watch. In and out. It's two hours. Bang, bang. The intro credits are even pretty sleek. I do kind of hate it because I think intro credits kind of date your movie automatically. It makes me think of Spider-Man or... I think Mission Impossible 2 had a really cringy one. You know, not every movie needs to copy James Bond. James Bond does those things, and it makes sense thematically. It just makes sense uh, in the pattern. You know, the, the sequential line of theme songs, it adds up. The motif is there. It's already established. But if you just insert an intro credits into your random new movie, new IP, new movie, it's, I don't know, it's kind of boring. 
I will say the killer did it nicely because it was maybe three minutes. I mean, it was just boom, Michael Fassbender, boom, Tilda Swinton, boom, this, boom, this, David Finch, boom, Atticus Ross, boom, boom, boom. And then you get on to the movie, which I much prefer. The only thing I don't really love about this movie was the, sorry, were the transition things, the, uh, I don't know what you call them. The, <laughs> not the title cards, but the set cards telling you like chapter two, chapter three. I didn't like that that much because I don't know if it was the font or just the presentation. I think it would have been nicer if they black screened it, said, hey, chapter two. But instead, they kind of give you this modern spy thriller feel by saying, hey, chapter two is here. Chapter three is here. And it's this nice, clean, splinter cell, white font, you know, and I don't love that. And that's super nitpicky. And this movie is a great movie. So let me preface this complaint with, I absolutely dig this movie. I just didn't like that. Like those small touches just felt not cheap. You know, cheap is such a, I feel like that's such a derogatory term when you're talking about art, you know? It's not as though I'm saying, oh, he's a cheap artist. I'm just saying the font gives this feeling. It, it feels off. It feels spy kids -y. Does that <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, I don't want to compare this movie to Spy Kids, but I will say Spy Kids always had that cheap or off feel. It's not really campy. It's just off, you know, there, there's, there's a line, a very subjective gray, 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 gray line of what's camp and not camp. And I just, I don't know. I didn't like the transitioning in the killer and that's about all. I've actually absolutely loved the direction. The color palette was great. The editing was nice. The set pieces were cool. They did this thing where you saw a billion different, well, not billion, you saw 10 different actors and yet not one of them got a real name, you know? I don't think any of them had a name other than three people. Uh, the main guy didn't, I don't think, got his real full name. Uh, I don't think we got, we didn't get any of the names of the flight people. I don't think we got the full names of the other people. I won't spoil the other uh, people. And yeah. It's just a really nice movie and all of the elements come together and make a really sleek modern thriller that has you on the edge of your seat from the beginning to the end. And I do believe that's all for the No Davis Watchcast. I will see you next week. Same time. Well, nope, because I was another day late again. Uh, different time, different place, same host. I'm out of here.